the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You know, I believe we're in a second civil war, and I must, I will tell you, I was just delighted. Newt Gingrich spent uh, twice mentioned my column on, on the second civil war on uh, Fox, and last night Justice Alito said he had, uh, in his speech, mentioned Dennis Prager's article on the second civil war. And, I, and you know I don't tell you this stuff to go, oh, wow, I'm wonderful. It, it's, it has no, I have no interest in that. I have an interest in telling you that this, this piece needs to be widely read. And happily, obviously, it has been. But you have to understand what, if you understand that we're on in a second civil war, there are no commonalities between left and right. There are commonalities between right and liberals, but not between right and left. Left has nothing in common with American values, nothing. They think they do. That doesn't matter. It doesn't, people are allowed to think anything. There is a war. And if America fails, then the Western civilization fails. As it is, Western civilization is failing. If you look at Europe as an example. Oh, and Prime Minister Trudeau is here. This is a giant of our time. Do you, you realize how things are all values and has nothing to do with Canada, American? Had this taken place three years ago, then you, you would have had a, a, a Canadian prime minister who was conservative and an American prime minister was on the left, American president on the left, and now it's switched. American president who's conservative and a Canadian prime minister who's on the left. I I really, frankly, I don't envy uh, President Trump with regard to the press conference because the entire press is going to be idolizing the Canadian prime minister. Well, isn't it true, Mr. Prime Minister, that you welcome... Syrian refugees, sir. Isn't it true, sir, that you pass more and more legislation against the uh, climate change, global warming? That's what it's going to be about. We wish you were our president, Mr. Prime Minister. That's really what they're saying. Guy writes in the New York Post. This is the second one. The Wall Street Journal had such an article last week by a gay conservative. Now the New York Post has one by a gay conservative. Chadwick Moore, 33-year-old journalist. He lives in Williamsburg. That's, the, I assume, not Virginia. I assume it's Williamsburg, uh, a section of Brooklyn. Had been a lifelong liberal. Then last September... He penned a profile for Out Magazine of Milo Yiannopoulos. Now he he he's gay, Milo Yiannopoulos, and he's on the on the right, a controversial and outspoken critic of feminisms, Muslims, and gay rights, despite being openly gay himself. Although the Out story didn't take a positive, you know what Out means, right? Okay, didn't take a positive stance or any stance on Yiannopoulos. Chadwick Moore found himself pilloried by fellow Democrats and ostracized by longtime friends. Here he tells Michael Kaplan his story 
including why the backlash drove him to the right. That's very important, incidentally. Uh, you know, Dave Rubin is in the same situation. Dave Rubin is a gay, and uh, I, I was on his uh, well-viewed, widely-viewed uh, podcast, and he was on my uh, my fireside chat that I have each week on on uh, Facebook. And he's gay, and uh, he's having the same realization, I believe. He's a very he he understands that the left is a danger to to humanity. Because they're not, they're not humane. The cruelty that comes from the left with regard to people who don't agree with them is not matched by people on the right. From, from right after the election, I, I read to you a New York Times front page piece about the number of, uh, of liberals, leftists, and families who have stopped talking to members of their families, let alone friends, who voted for Donald Trump. And the, and the New York Times article admitted that it was overwhelmingly in one direction. I don't know a single person who stopped talking to somebody because they voted for Hillary Clinton. I never heard of such a story. None has been sent to me in an email that I read at any rate. None has been telephoned in during the show. This, this meanness is uh, all left to right because the left is mean. Doesn't mean every human being on the left is mean. Doesn't mean every human on the right is kind. I always add that for those of you who have college degrees and don't understand what a generalization means. When Out Out Magazine assigned me an interview with the Breitbart.com rabble rouser Milo Milo Yiannopoulos, I knew it would be controversial. I wanted to do a neutral piece on him that simply put the facts out there. After the story posted online in the early hours of September 21st, I woke up to more than 100 Twitter notifications on my iPhone. Trolls were calling me a Nazi, death threats rolled in, and a joke photo that I post for in a burqa served as proof that I am an Islamophobe. I'm telling you about this uh, gay New Yorker writer who uh, did a story on Milo Yiannopoulos for a gay magazine. And then he was called a Nazi because it was a neutral piece. Frostiness spread far beyond the bar, too. My best friend, with whom I typically hung out multiple times per week, was suddenly perpetually unavailable. Talking about the bar as the bar where he would hang out with, uh, with fellow gay friends. Finally, on Christmas Eve, he sent me a long text calling me a monster asking where my heart and soul went, and saying that all our other friends are laughing at me. Well, what does he expect? When you're on the left, that's what they do. You, think, you don't think like us. You're a monster, and we, and we mock you. What is uh, the language in Charles Blow? Charles Blow is the, is the chief hysteric at the New York Times. It's a contest between him and Paul Krugman. And Andrew Rosenthal, I would have to say. But Rosenthal doesn't write as much. The stench of its rot surrounds us. That's, that's his language about the Trump administration. The stench of its rot. Anybody write that about the Obama administration? I'm not talking about somebody writing a, a comment on a column. Did any columnist in any major 
uh, right-wing place, right about the Obama administration, the stench of its rot surrounds us. My column coming out tomorrow is an explanation to the left that I want you to know, dear narcissists, I don't use the word, I'm using it on the air, our fellow narcissists, those who can only think in terms of their own pain, did you know that we had as much pain as you did four years ago when Barack Obama defeated Mitt Romney? That's what my article is about. They can't imagine that. And you know why? We didn't carry on. We didn't say resistance. Can you imagine if we said resistance? The term resistance is used in non-democracies. Resistance to Nazis, resistance to communists, resistance to the Iranian regime, resistance people who oppose and are caught or then tortured to death. That's what resistance is about. You don't talk about resistance in the United States of America. There is a stench of rot that is on the left, and but it's not rot. That's their stench, but it's not rotting, unfortunately. This is this is the way they uh, they they talk and think. Anyway, I I just finishing this New York Post piece. I realized that for the first time in my adult life, I was outside of the liberal bubble, and looking in, what I saw was ugly. Lockstep, incurious. God, is that true? Incurious. That's in my piece today. They, I, I write, a, I write a line in my piece. We know you, but you don't know us. They don't. I know everything there is to know about leftists. I know how they think. I know how they feel. I know how they feel. I know how they feel. I even know how they feel. It's not possible not to know. All they do is emote. I read them. I studied under them. They don't read us. I watch them. They don't watch us. I listen to them. They don't listen to us. I studied under them. They don't study under us. That's why he writes incurious and mean-spirited. That's it. That's all. That's right. That's what the left is. Ugly, lockstep, incurious, and mean-spirited. This is from a gay liberal. Still, I return to the bar a few nights later. I don't give up easily and hit it off with a stranger. As so many conversations do these days, hours turn to politics. I told him that I am against Trump's wall, but in favor of strengthening our borders. He called me a Nazi and walked away. That's how they think. They don't think, do you understand? They're programmed. That's why one of the reasons the left is so scary. They're programmed. They're Stepford. You don't agree with us, you're a Nazi. That's another piece. I have another column that I write every other week. I write my my syndicated column every week and a a Jewish column or a column for the Jewish Journal. And it, it uh, it is about the use of the Nazi terminology. And the most unbelievable, that's all they do. It's all, it's all the left does, including Jews who, who are cheapening the Holocaust. That's all they do. They cheapen the Holocaust. The worst is the forward, the biggest uh, Jewish uh, left-wing journal, which is almost redundant uh, in the country. Uh, the forward had a piece by a Jewish uh, writer, a woman, uh, talking about America's Auschwitz. Get that? Auschwitz that uh, the slave, slave, slave plantation that she had visited was America's Auschwitz. Slavery is not bad enough. You have to call it Auschwitz. 
If every every bad thing is Auschwitz, then Auschwitz is not especially bad, right? I finally had to admit to myself that I am closer to the right than where the left is today. And yes, just three months ago, I voted for Hillary Clinton. When I was growing up in the Midwest, coming out to my family at the age of 15 was one of the hardest things I've ever done. Today, it's just as nerve-wracking coming out to all of New York as a conservative. But, like when I was 15, it's also weirdly exciting. That's correct. That is correct. He is finding out that there's a lot more hate on the left than there is on the right. I knew this when I was a kid, when I saw the left the students take over my university. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.